I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. Uh, this voice memo, uh, hopefully you'll listen to it. And maybe if you don't, maybe you'll listen to it in a few months from now. But um, so the part where you're saying if you should make a new intro, a more professional intro, would more people listen? But as um, a really huge fan of yours, uh, and I listen every week, and I think what I like most about your show is that it isn't a really professional, like, well-thought-out intro, and uh, what I like most is, is the randomness. It makes me laugh every week. Um, like, I think that's it. It's just the randomness of it. It's just, you know, it's not completely polished. Um, you guys are both super funny, both intriguing. You capture my attention every week, and I'm always looking forward to, you know, riding with you Uh, the following Friday and when you didn't show up the last Friday I was like what the heck I need I need this but I understand as a listener and a and a fan that uh, you guys always you know you need your breaks as well so um, and I think that's what a loyal fan is like we we you know we understand if you're not there one week that uh, we're gonna come back when you are back and uh love everything you guys are doing and uh, I love mostly that you make me laugh every week so uh, keep going and uh, I'll be there next week to listen so Sarah I love that I, I first of all I love that someone's willing to send us a voicemail and be like you guys are unprofessional and it's the best thing ever yeah, I love that too that made me, uh, that, all the feels all the feels for that that I voicemail I, I felt like she like she gets us Oh, totally. Who needs to prepare? Who needs to have a professional intro? Not us. Not our core audience. And thank you for validating our desire to not record something additional that's, you know, scripted. So exactly. We we do realize that by asking our listeners what's wrong or right about our intro we realize that you all are very biased. You already yeah. listen. So the people who might be turned off by our show, uh, you know, the first few minutes of just random banter, uh, you know, they, they probably, they're probably more into the professional introduction kind of thing. Yeah. Or it's, Whatever. it's not a funnel strategy. Really. Right. Like it's not one that's bringing in new people. It's one that's confusing new people, <laughs> but, and, and creating kind of like an echo chamber with the people who are already right. here. <laughs> but you are, you are all in for the chaos. You, you enjoy it. It's part of your week and we love you for that. So I think if I was going to take, take a take home point from, um, from the various voicemails we've had about, about keeping our unprofessional intro, I would say like, is there a way to keep the same vibe of non, like I, I'm certainly not going to move to like a scripted, pre like mm. reading off a thing intro right but is there a way like you know how we did the um that form ad with the uh right you know with like a joke in it 
Yeah. Um, is there a way we could make an intro? Like, can we make the intro unprofessional mm. and yet, and yet get the information across of what the podcast is about? It's too bad we aren't more musical. Actually, you're pretty musical. <laughs> we could come up with the world's most random song because that's a pretty traditional podcast intro. Oh, to have a jingle. <gasps> okay, so I actually we need to write a jingle that's just very random and incorporates, you know, raccoons and bras oh, and all our favorite things. Okay. First, you've just touched on two great things. One is like, I need to dispel the myth that like for anyone who watched my social this week, like that was not me singing. That was like a hundred percent me lip singing, singing. Okay. But <laughs> still, but still. <clears throat> and then secondly, maybe we have someone, maybe we have a listener who could create a- Oh, somebody, somebody with actual talent? Someone with actual talent. <laughs> yes. That's who we're looking for. <laughs> but- isn't part of our charm being incredibly unprofessional and unpolished? Yeah. So the song would have to be, Ooh. Ooh, it would have to be, okay. I don't know if it's like unprofessional. Okay. So for example, let's go, let's go to the tampon. So I sang, I lip synced a tampon song on TikTok. Yeah. Right now. Like, is that tampon song unprofessional? Because it's actually like mm. really well done mm. but, and it's funny and it's cute. Like it's like on you know, it would be on brand for us. Like, let's say that was just about, we are random. We are going to talk as if we were writing that to that. Like, so I think you can be both things. Like, yes. You're right. Yeah. Right. Let, well, we're, we're putting it out there. If anybody would like to take a stab at writing a jingle for us, we will come up with some super awesome way to compensate you. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay, I don't know good. what it's going to be. I just came up with that, but we'll okay. come up with so something super awesome. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Jingle contest. <laughs> <laughs> if you're really bored and want to help us up our game. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I would also like to, I'd also like to acknowledge the other like six or seven voicemail senders that we got in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I apologize because I'm behind because of going listed it like all things women's performance summit um but we totally appreciate your voicemails and one of them was that we don't give enough instruction about how to send a voicemail um so we will add that to the show notes and also uh you just send an email with the with the audio file to sarah with no h at livefeisty.com so that's how you do it um and we are i'm st i still i have listened to all your voicemails and we will go through them in the next few weeks um yeah. So send us your jingle to Sarah at livefeisty.com. Um, sorry about my voice. It's like eight o'clock in the morning here. Okay. Coming up on the show, um, we're going to talk about Sarah's secret surgery. I didn't even know about it. Um, how Ironman training helps us build resilience. Uh, hiring is weird and hard and an update on the feisty women's performance summit. Hi folks, Sarah here, the founder of Live Feisty Media, the company that produces the podcast you're currently listening to. I just wanted to jump in here and invite you to our latest initiative here at Live Feisty, the Feisty Women's Performance Summit. On March 26th to 28th, we will be serving up a virtual summit like no other, designed specifically for active feisty women or anyone who wants to know how women can get the best out of our bodies throughout our lives. 
I think we all kind of figured out by now that a lot of sports and nutrition science studies, product and performance research is done on men and are a little confused maybe about what actually applies to us as women. So we collected experts from several arenas, physiology, psychology, nutrition science, and social sciences to get some answers. The Feisty Women's Performance Summit includes 20 educational sessions, plus networking events, group workouts, and an expo full of supportive brands. I seriously hope you can join us on March 26th to 28th, 2021. Tickets are only $149 and all sessions will be recorded and can be viewed up to two weeks after the event. For more information or to sign up, go to womensperformancesummit.com. The link will be in the show notes, of course. That's womensperformancesummit.com. See you there, feisty friends. Okay, Sarah, so, I, you know, I log in for us to record this morning and, uh, and like, I see this note on the show notes or on the run list that says, Sarah gets surgery. And this is the first I've heard of this surgery. Like what, why, what is happening over there? Are you okay? I, I am totally okay. So I'm going to show you. Oh, my, yeah. My super awesome boots. If I'm you can little- hear Sarah, she's kicking the microphone with yeah. her. What that's wrapped in. <laughs> I have I have a walking boot that I have to wear for the next two weeks. Uh-huh. Uh so basically, long story short, or uh, who knows, this might be a long story long. Short story um, long is like yeah. kind of story. Okay, so oh, uh, we'll make it a long one. Why not? Great. Uh, about five years ago, I got like this toe flare up. Uh, about a week out from a major race. And it was so bad that the day before the race that I was convinced I had a stress fracture, drove across Chicago in an Uber to see some somebody to get an x-ray, was convinced I had a stress fracture. Uh, but this flare-up was actually a bone spur um, on the t- so the top of my big toe, uh, you know, hallux limitus that's become hallux rigidus over the, the years. And I've been able to manage it. But basically, I have been running with pain for the past five years. Um, you know, like I've I've learned how to deal with it. And finally, I this fall, I got to the point where uh, my orthopedist is like, hey, if you want to race at a high level again, you know, this is probably a good time to, to get surgery. Right. Because I'm and I think part of the reason why I haven't talked about it, because in general, I try to be super transparent about my career and like the highs and lows and all that. Yeah. But I felt really ashamed because um, I've avoided overuse injuries. And that's essentially what this is, is I've had a bone spur develop because of running. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in part because there were some years where I was wearing shoes that were a little too small, but this is not an uncommon thing for, for runners, not an uncommon thing for triathletes. Um, but I don't know, like I, I, I haven't posted about it on social. I might, by the time this comes out, just because it probably is good for other people to know that, mm-hmm. you know, you get to a certain point and this is an option. Um, but I've, I guess I've always felt like if you have a bad enough problem that you need surgery, that's your body telling you you're doing too much. 
<laughs> no, honestly, that's, honestly, that's the line. I, 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 well, I the reason I'm laughing. No, is just- I mean, obviously there, there are more lines before that, but it's okay. like, I mean, there, there have been, you know, I think of, of, um, like Dathan Rittenheim's one of the best American runners. And I was absolutely, you know, I think he was, re- yeah, he has retired. Uh, but over the course of his career, I saw a list of all the medical procedures he had gotten done where it was tons of cortisone shots and surgeries. And you're like, listen, man, that's your body telling you that you're doing more than you can right. handle. So that's, right. that's on you. Like, I think we turn to surgery, we turn to pharmaceuticals to kind of make things right yeah. without, without really acknowledging the underlying dysfunction. So like for me, I realize this is probably a temporary fix, yeah. you know, like, you know, I don't have a lot of cartilage in that big toe, uh, right now because of the surgery. So they, they shaved off the bone spur, uh, they've removed, I had some like chunks of bone in there that had broken off. Uh, they cleans that out. I have a lot more range of motion. So once this heals up, I'm going to be running with a lot more pain, but it's probably going to come back at some time. I'm going to continue to have issues down the road. Um, oh, it doesn't fix the underlying dysfunction. It just gives me a four, few more years where I might be able to have, you know, greater mobility in the toe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I have, I felt a little shame because it's like my body has broken down and mm-hmm. won't let me do, you know, meet the demands of the racing. And instead of just saying that, you know, maybe I'm doing too much running or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. I'm turning to surgery to kind of fix it. And that's like, that's not my MO in general. So I totally believe, you know, you have to listen to your body and there are times where you need surgery, um, especially in case of like acute trauma. Yeah. So if you break your collarbone and getting it pinned together, but something that has developed because you've just used your body too hard. <laughs> yeah. Like an overuse. In yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel a little differently about it. So I don't know. And then there's the, I think part of me is genuinely concerns that, uh, you know, I talk about it and sponsors are going to be like, what you didn't tell us yet. Right. You can't run for a couple. Cause it's two weeks. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have multiple weeks where it's kind of building back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the big scheme, it's not a big deal, but I still feel like a weird sense of shame about it. Yeah. There's a weird, there's actually your perspective is kind of interesting. I, th- I think that like, because triathlon is your job, mm. right? So that actually provides a different, like, so if you were an amateur athlete or if you were just someone staying active to be, uh, to live a healthy life, then maybe, um, maybe you could just change what you do. Like you could bike more, you could swim yeah. more, whatever. Um, that would be a, a good option, but, uh, for you, it's your job. So I think, like, I think surgery is a fair, if someone, if like you, like you mentioned someone breaking their collarbone, I mean, that's a different thing, but like, if someone needs surgery to stay in, to stay healthy in their job. Um, yeah. Well, so what's, what's interesting is that the turning point for me has been, cause I can probably, I could continue racing and just dealing with it. Cause I've been able to deal with it, mm-hmm. but I think there was a turning point where this, you know, probably this summer I'm like, uh, I want to be able to have years after I retire 
where I'm not in pain and I can do the things I love. Yeah. And in a, it's, it's, it's one thing being able to squeak out a couple more seasons, maybe with a, a busted up toe. Uh, and I, I know I can still perform well. It's just being in pain and I, I know how to manage that pain, but I was actually thinking like five, 10 years down the road where it would be nice to go for a casual run, you know, as, as a, mm-hmm. as a retired professional yeah. and not, not have to be in pain and just enjoy it. So right now I'm, I'm willing to put up with the pain because that's, that's part of the the job description for me right now. Mm. But after when I'm done, I just want to be able to move and do what I want for joy and pleasure. Yeah. And so you should be able to, and if modern medicine allows for that, then it's okay. I think you're being a little hard on yourself. I know. Well, I just, I, I, I realize, I realize it, but I, I don't know. It's just because like, I, I'm very, I'm proud of the fact that I've, I've avoided a lot of, you know, I've avoided major overuse stuff. Mm. You know, my big, my big injury really have come from like bike crashes and Mm -hmm. I don't know, because to me, that's a sign that I've really listened to my body and I've respected its limitations. And, you know, I've approached training with the humility to back up when I feel like something's popping up Yeah, and I'm, re- I'm really proud of that. Um, yeah. but this is something that, you know, could possibly have been avoided and it just flies in the face of that listening to your body and not pushing through and making the bones for worse. And yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I understand why it's hard, but I think that just, you know, just because you have one incident of having pushed through something doesn't mean that's who you are kind of yeah. thing. Like, so in general, like you are, like you're very in tune with your body. You are listening to your body. That's who you are. And it's okay to like need a little outside assistance sometimes. Like- yeah. I, and the thing is, if, if it were somebody else in my position, I wouldn't judge them, but I'm just, you're right. I'm being a little too hard on myself probably. Yeah. All right. I'm sure. I'm sure that our <laughs> listeners agree with me right now. Like I can hear them. I can hear them going. Yes. <laughs> you, know? you have been in pain for five years. Yeah. You deserve having a little less. Have surgery. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Totally. Um. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, we we talked a few weeks ago about how whether triathlon training and Ironman training had made us more resilient. Um. We got a voicemail about that. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. I am many weeks behind on the podcast, which is why I did not initially send you a voicemail when I listened to the episode where you asked how sport has changed people mentally. And now I'm listening to the episode where you didn't get any responses. So I hopped off the treadmill and decided to send my response in. Sport has 100% changed my mental fortitude and allowed me to persevere through personal things that I never could have otherwise. I would also say that specifically for me, it was Ironman training because that is so far out of my normal comfort zone and such a reach for me that going through the Ironman training cycle three times and only finishing the full distance once is what has made me as strong as I am today. And just a couple months ago, about six months ago, I separated from my husband. There was a lot of personal drama associated with that that was heartbreaking and upsetting 
And while it was definitely difficult, and while there were definitely days that I was at a loss for how to move forward, it was because I knew how to be strong and I knew how to persevere that those lows were as infrequent as they were and that I was able to pick myself up from them and move forward and find the highs and find a way forward that now has put me in a position where I've never been happier. My son has never been happier. We're in such a safe, healthy, productive place. And it's because I was able to pick my head up and move forward in the face of total emotional defeat. And I 100% credit my Ironman training to the ability to do that without a doubt. Thanks for listening. So I, I I love that voicemail because it really illustrates that in the the benefits of sport totally extends beyond sport to how we respond emotionally to events in our lives, and that's that's massive. You know, we we I think we take it for granted that we build a lot of resilience, and you know that's that's something that you can do over the course of your life. You know, we're, we can always continue to push ourselves through sport and just, there's no, the, the stakes are low, mm-hmm. but we learn, we learn how to kind of separate our emotion and be able to handle things a bit more objectively. And those are, those are skills that you're going to use, you know, whether it's dealing with relationships or just tough times in life. Yeah. I love that you went to like, first of all, to that it's an, an emotional response, like how you disconnect your, like how I feel about something and how I'm going to proceed um, can be two different questions. Um, yeah. And then that you said the stakes are low. So I think what you mean by that is that the, like in sport, the stakes are relatively low, like whether or not you do your run session, right? Based on right. how you feel. So you wake up in the morning, you don't feel like doing your run session, right? Right. And then you're able to create this emotional distance between like, it doesn't matter how I feel. I'm just going to put on my run kit and go out, do the warm up, see how my body feels, try to do the intervals, et cetera. So you create a pattern of like getting shit done. Right? Yeah. Um, where, where I love that where the stakes are low. Um, and then when it, when something is more difficult in your life or when there's something you really don't want to do, <laughs> um, then you can, then you have those patterns set. Is that what you meant? Did I? Totally. Yeah. Like this, this listener, um, you know, she said that she's trained for three Ironman races and hasn't been able to finish two of them. The stakes are low, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's learning that the process is really important that you develop so many skills from getting to the start line that, you know, the worst case scenario of getting ready for an Ironman is you can't finish. Um, that that's not a big deal, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, totally. it, yeah, mm-hmm. but what, but what you gain from that process and what you gain from, you know, the quote, quote failure, cause I don't believe it's a failure. Um, you know, that, that is going to absolutely translate to how you th- handle things down the road. Mm-hmm. When I think about myself going through my own divorce, like I learned, I, I suppose I had learned from Iron Man that you can't, sometimes you can't finish. I had, yeah. I had several Ironmans that I DNF'd over, like I did Ironman for, I don't know, 12, 13 years, right? So there's a few, there's, I have a handful of DNFs and um, you, like when I was going through my divorce, the thing that frustrated me the most was that 
I had to, I had to stop being as productive as I'm used to, like Mm. actually the emotional energy required to sort of process everything I need to process with my separation was like, um, actually meant that like, I couldn't do the level of work I wanted to do on a day-to-day mm. basis. And I used to find that frustrating and I had to like, let that go. Like I need to take care of myself first. I guess that's what I mean. It's like productivity is like, I'm doing all this kind of stuff outside myself. I'm building my business, go, like making goals, planning for the future, doing all that. Right. Um, but that I actually had to focus a little more inward than I prefer on like, okay, what do I need to do to take care of myself? How much do I need to exercise? Do I need to stop and go for a walk right now? Do I need to talk to a friend? Like those types of self-care things Mm. I had to prioritize. And that was kind of hard. But I think that it like, yeah, definitely there was a lesson from a lesson from sport. That's like one, I knew ultimately like, that's not who I am and I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be able to be as productive as I want to be as a human. Um, But also that like, to, to like know what that moment is like, sorry, like right now I am not right now in this moment, but like in a moment when I was going through my separation and like, I actually need to focus on, like, I need to focus on myself. What I need to do is hit this, go for a walk. Um, Yeah. That's, it's sometimes hard to recognize that. So, yeah. Well, it's what, what's interesting is that, uh, I hear you saying that you really have to focus on the present, Mm. you know, and, and getting stuff done in the present. And I think, whether you're talking about, you know, a, a DNF at Ironman or, you know, whether it's, you know, a divorce, it's, it's all about the contrast between your expectations and how things are actually panning out and just that acceptance. And so much of that acceptance does come from bringing it back to the present and being like, you know what, it's, it's not, it didn't work out. Like nobody gets married and thinks that, they're going, it's going to end in divorce. You don't Mm -hmm. go through the process of training for an Ironman thinking that you're not going to be able to finish, Mm -hmm. but like where, where mentally you really struggles when there's, you keep on looping back to the expectations and how it's contrasting with, with how things are actually panning out. Mm -hmm. And that's just like, you know, that's not being, that's not being focused in the present. That's, you know, applying a different filter than just being like, this is what it is. And I'm going to focus on the now I'm going to focus on me and my response to things. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's so interesting to me, the, the parallels between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's there's a, there's an interesting line between like when you do need to focus on what your emotional response is in the moment and when you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's I, I just, this is just coming to me. Cause I was like, I was thinking what's the difference between the example I gave at the beginning, which is like, you wake up in the morning, you don't feel like running. Right. You're like, the last thing I want to do is get out of bed and go for a run. Uh, like you're tired from your other training because it's Ironman training. And there's a point at which you need to actually ignore what you're feeling um, mm. and, and sort of move forward. And then there's other points where if you do ignore what you're feeling and you continue to ignore what you're feeling, those feelings get like, I don't know what your theory is about uh, emotions, but it feels like they get jam down and you actually end up if you don't process emotions properly you end up acting out on them or you end up like with seething anger in your <laughs> in your soul yeah <laughs> um later on because you've you know like if i didn't process all my feelings of having to let go of my marriage i would end up i probably would have a lot more um resentment towards my ex 
Yeah. Right. But as it is, I like, I can now, I can get myself quickly to a place where like, I see that he's a great parent. I see all the great qualities about him and the reason that I married him. And I just, it, we just weren't good as partners. Um, yeah. And it didn't, no, there's reasons for that. Totally. Uh, so there's like, there's definitely a, um, this conversation went somewhere I didn't expect it to, but <laughs> there's, there's definitely a, a line there where it's like, there's moments when you need to go just like get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then times when, when you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there, this definitely taps into part of psychology that's called ego depletion model. Um, but we could save that for another day. <laughs> So everything you're saying absolutely tracks with um, some established research. Oh, amazing. That that basically like you can only uh, base, like you, you have to ride out certain, you can only suppress emotion to a certain point um, before it kind of catches up to you. Right. Yeah. I love that. What does the catching up look like? Like, Uh, Yeah. Well, it, it depends on the individual and their ability to cope. So we, right. yeah, yeah. But, okay. uh, you know, if, if you think about somebody who ends up um, with a really disproportionate emotional response to mm-hmm. something like a lot of the time that is because mm. they've been suppressing their reaction, emotional reaction to things for a, a, an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see it even, I think we all have moments where perhaps with, someone who's close to us in our lives that like where our our anger in a moment towards them or something seems way overblown to like you know whatever the thing is that we're talking about like you know like I could think of an example like with with a partner who's not cleaned something up or something if you're like having this disproportional response right of anger and it's like wait 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 where is that coming from like what yeah. am I not processed you know? well I I think of I I call it the cathartic cry so like <laughs> you know if it's just been bottling up that like you're dealing with stuff <laughs> and you you just kind of put it aside, put it aside, put it aside. And then you're watching a movie and it's a little sad, but all of a sudden you're just bawling and afterwards you feel really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, normally I would not be like snotting everywhere about right. this lame movie but yeah. it feels really good right now right. because, because I haven't been maybe addressing things as they pop up. Right. And then there's also the equal and opposite, like as someone's friend or partner where you can see them going through something and you're mm. like, okay, they're unreasonably sad or, or angry or whatever the emotion coming out is right now. And perhaps there's something else behind this. So like giving them a little bit of extra extra room on that to go and helping them see that too like that's a yeah like um, is this really about the dishwasher right now yeah <laughs> like, like what, what are we talking about yeah exactly um okay how, how about this for a, a segue oh speaking of emotional intelligence <laughs> I we posted <laughs> We posted a job this week we're hiring. I think I used the word empathy twice in the original job description. And someone on my team was like, you're really looking for someone who has empathy. I'm like, you know, like I want, I like edited, edited one of them to something else, but I was like, you know, I really want, I really like hiring people who have a, enough um, emotional intelligence for lack of a better word. I guess that's what we called last week's episode. So um, I say that a lot, but um, to be able to work well with other people. 
um, and to be able to provide those other people with exactly what I just said, like giving, because the way that we're, the way that we're building my business, like is, is that I don't really believe that all of my ideas are the best ideas, right? So um, I definitely believe in bringing other smart people in who have different experiences and have different and like, okay, what, what do you want to grow? Okay. And, and growing in directions that like when someone has passion to grow in a certain direction, um, then I'm kind of all in on that. And so I think, um, so that's kind of my way of growing the business. So that when I'm hiring, I'm looking for someone who is a, like, like we talked about to circle back, like willing to get up in the morning and do the shit that needs to be done when that's yeah. the time. And then also like willing to bring something to the table, has ideas and can work with others on those ideas. Like, isn't just like my ideas are the best ideas, Um, but is like actually willing to like share their ideas and listen to others. And like how you find that person, um, those people and how you um, in an interview, like I don't give any advice. (laughs) No, because I've ever interviewed anybody. Um, mm, I don't know. I have no idea. Or if, you're if you're anyone, putting me on the spot. I know. Here. I totally did. I, Something I totally outside you, my domain. I didn't give you it, any warning. Although to be fair, yeah. it's outside my domain too. That's yeah. where I'm like, let's have a conversation about this. Like, yeah. I don't really, you know, I don't have experience with, I don't have a lot of experience with hiring only the bits and pieces I've done in the last right. couple of years for my own business. So I don't have, and like, sometimes I think that's a strength to be like, to come in cold and not have any like bad experiences or any, I have no education about how to hire. Mm. Um, but at the same time, sometimes I was like, Oh, it's also a little bit of a weakness because there are people who know stuff about this. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is. It is hard. Cause what you want is somebody who has empathy yet the ability to kind of compartmentalize where mm. you can exchange ideas and things can get shot down and, you know, th- they're not going to take it personally. Mm-hmm. So, but having, having that greater awareness of, you know, we're just exchanging ideas without emotion getting involved. Um, it is, it is fairly hard, you know, sometimes to, to find that balance. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who is empathetic and, you know, is able to engage in an emotional level, but when it comes to discussing ideas and discussing concepts, yeah. Um, like putting themselves out there and, and their thoughts out there, but without getting it too tied up with their, their ego. Yeah. I'm, a- I'm like, maybe I'm asking for the impossible thing. It's like, I want you to come in with all this passion and all this like emotion for what we're doing. Right. But I also want you to be able to shut it down. <laughs> no, it's, it's not shut it down. It's compartmentalized. Yeah. 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 That's a great word. Um, I have no idea how you find that, but it's, it's definitely out there. I think, well, I think a lot of us learn that from sport. That's Honestly, true. that's, that's why I like, you know, I really like hiring from our community. Yeah. People, you know, people often reach out to me like, oh, I've got, you know, you could post on this job board or why don't you go to your local college mm. and da, 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 da. And I'm like, I've always just really had such good luck with people who, um, people who have like made some athletic endeavor, the central mm. part of their life, you know? Yeah. And so I'm a little bit resistant to it, um, to going outside that 
particular sphere. Um, mm. And we find we find good people generally. But um, for anyone who's listening, I didn't. I don't actually think I said the job. But <laughs> right, we're looking for an admin's sort of operation person. So the person would like on one hand work probably super closely with me or try to get podcast guests, uh, customer service type stuff, but then also um, create systems for our business or maybe have a little experience working in this kind of environment where you're making things more efficient. Um, so that's who I'm looking for. And it sounds like you ha already have quite a few applications. So we have some good applications. That's great. Yeah, I haven't, I'm going to go through them um, probably next week. So we'll be high. It'll be like the week after the summit. So like the week of March 30th, uh, that we'll be really going through it and probably doing some interviews and stuff. So nice. Yeah. If you want to apply, send it to send your CV and tell me why you're awesome. Um, to Sarah at livefeisty.com, the same address that you sent your audio files for the voice memos to. <laughs> um, well, and clearly, Clearly anybody who listened to the podcast, I mean, if they've gotten this far, right. Can, can we give them a little bump up in the, the hiring can, process? Yeah. Just Do like, if you, <laughs> if you send me a little, I, I'm a regular listener to, if we were riding <laughs> with your application, you definitely, uh, <laughs> you, you get the Sarah and Sarah bump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. After the break, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the women's performance summit and give an update. If we were riding is a live feisty media production. Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook, or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number... 206 best sports podcast in the Czech Republic. Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week. And our regular listeners will know that if we were riding and all things feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. Every day there seems to be a new wellness trend, like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests, and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding as in if we were changes an inside job. 
start inside. All right, Sarah, since I know 90% of your brain is currently occupied by the Women's <laughs> Performance Summit. Clear. This is clear. Can, can, we, can we chat about it a little bit? Because I'm, I'm pretty pumped to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you're coming. What do you, what, what session are you looking forward to? Uh, I mean, it's, it is hard because there are tons of good options. I think my number one most excited, uh, most excited session, no, most excitable, most interesting (laughs) session to me, uh, is the Dr. Ayala talk about why mental toughness isn't your secret to success, Mm. because I think that's a really good one. And maybe she has some pointers for how to reconcile the surgery that I've had. Uh, no, not I'm not making it about me. I'm just kidding. I'm just going to listen. Of course, make it about you. Like people should come and make it about their own performance. Why not? Like that's, <laughs> The thing, we talked to Erin about her session, Dr. Ayala, and she, um, I actually know um, what, like she's actually done studies on the qualities of elite athletes. Mm. Right. And then, and come up with like what the number one qualities are of the most successful elite athletes and the outcomes are really interesting and I'm not going to give it away, although I'm really tempted to, <laughs> but, uh, but she did mention on our call, like that, um, yeah, how not our call on the call with one of my team members, um, what her, like what this session's going to be about. So it's going to be a good one. Um, we were, when we were naming the sessions, <laughs> Sarah, Sarah was like, we wanted to have some feisty names, you know? Um, and so I kept thinking, but for some reason I kept thinking of like eighties and nineties songs. So we've got one session called I got the power, which I think Catherine named, which is about uh, red S and, uh, and we had this one I named, I couldn't think of anything for our pregnancy one. So I was like, have a bump up the jam. I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but I said it to someone, someone asked yesterday, oh, where, I don't see the pregnancy postpartum one on you. And I'm like, oh, it's called bump up the jam. And I was just like waiting for their response. And she was just like silent on the other end of the phone. Oh, come on. <laughs> who, who names the fuck diet culture one? Oh, that was Catherine too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. And she, nice. and Taylor, who's leading that session. Um, totally. Of course they have to agree. Right. So like, cause we're like, oh, we want feisty names. Um, but yeah, I think that's, um, we wanted to say what the session was going to be about. Right. Yeah. And just really like any diet culture is just totally out of control. Right. Um, and learning how to eat for health is like a confusing and crazy environment right now. And then if you add in like the factor of we're, like that, we're looking at how women can thrive. Right. So like how much nutrition science research has actually been done on women and, and how many things relate to our hormones, like with the fasting mm-hmm. and the keto, the, all of these types of things, like the, the horm- where horm- hormones come into play, um, that is a factor. So, and, and how we sift through that information, it's crazy. So we, we actually put our first thing Saturday um, mm-hmm. at, on the main stage because we thought that was such an important conversation. No, there, there's a lot of good stuff. And I, a part of me is just excited to kind of catch up with people I know like mm-hmm. uh like Erin Carson I've worked with her and she's just super awesome and mm-hmm. you know uh, other people that I know of or have met very briefly just I don't know our little community yeah, yeah. So, so we did the tech run through on Monday um for like how the platform works right and it was 
it was so fun. We, we, we tried out like a main stage session and then a, and then a breakout session, but then also like the networking things on the the platforms called Hopin, and they, all they do is virtual summits, right? So they have this networking function. You can set it so people can go into rooms. It's almost like speed dating Mm -hmm. for, and you can set how long people will go. So we, we had like a team of about eight people testing this out and we dropped into rooms. So like we would randomly drop into a room for a minute and it's like, it's, it's very much like Tinder. Like if you swipe on them, you exchange contact details. Oh, funny. <laughs> so like you, it's not really swiping though. Obviously yeah. it's like you, if you hit a button at the top to exchange contact details and the other person does too, then you, um, like then, then the hop in will automatically send the contact details to. That's the, cool. Yeah. And then you like swap out of the room and it's like preset. So you can hit a button that says, I want to stay in this room if you're having a good conversation or it just like flips you to someone else. Um, yeah. But then the other person knows they're being rejected. I guess. I don't know. I, oh. suspect, there's, I, I suspect there's a, uh, there's a privacy law. That's like, you can't share the contact if, if that's why they do it. Like you can't just randomly share someone's contact with someone else. Yeah. Um, but uh, if, if it was me, honestly, yeah. like if I get dumped in a room with someone and I say, I want to share the contact, I will completely forget who I said that to. Like there'll be no rejection at all because I'll be like, I'll like forget about it by the That's end. Awesome. Of, especially by the end of like 20 sessions on. Um, well, you're going, you're going brain. into this very tired. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think I might need to do something like to bring this all back around. I mean, because I also am um, like, I'm going to come in and out just between the sessions and, um, and talk to folks. So I feel like maybe I need to do some self-care between, <laughs> between now and the first day of the summit. That's I think, take home. I think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for listening to another week of we Riding. Hopefully, we are going to see some of you at the Performance Summit. Uh, But otherwise, don't forget a little self-care. And we'll see you next week. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.